What's up, good people? It's Tommy Runs, and this is the Run, Eat, Sleep Show podcast. Please make sure you mash that subscribe button because it makes me feel good, but then also it helps me with engagement to continue to get good guests on the show. Today's guest is Natasha Rogers. Uh, she's a professional runner, distance runner. Uh, she's with Hanson's Brooks ODP, uh, which is close to home here, and they do have a lot of great athletes, and she is definitely one of them. Um, she's working towards a really great spring racing season on the track we talked about that quite a bit obviously but then we also talked about the ups and downs of life and in running and how she's dealt with them and that's kind of you know that's really what I'm mostly interested in is how we can all learn from her and some of these athletes on how they actually deal with you know quote-unquote failures or hard times in life so check this out subscribe to the podcast go follow her as well hopefully you enjoy thank you Hey, this is Tommy Runs, and this is the Run, Eat, Sleep show, episode number 39. Um, today is a wonderful day. Just did a workout, so I'm really excited to get into this. I have a ton of energy, so I'm going to try to bring it down just a little bit. Uh, today's guest is, um, I run with her teammates. I get coached by one of her teammates, so it's really cool to kind of bring this full circle. She had a really great uh, 2020, and she looks like 2021 is starting off really well for her as well. Can't, um, I have a few questions, and she has a really awesome story, uh, and I was really excited to be able to get her to come on the show today. So let's, without further ado, Natasha Rogers is going to join us. Um, this is so cool. Like, I always I get to have people on the show that are super-duper fast. She had an amazing race. Um, I don't want to keep talking about it because I'm going to spoil some of the story here, but let me ask her to, to join this. Really excited to get to talk to her. Um, she has a YouTube channel, so make sure you go search on YouTube, Natasha Rogers. She has really cool um, content. It's just uh, she's very down-to-earth, and I love the fact that she's um, kind of kicking it real style for us. Um, and if you see her, <laughs> and I don't, please let me know because this has happened before. Hello. Hello, I can see you. Hi, I can see you. Sweet. I was was so afraid I was going to mess this up. (laughs) You probably probably are. It's okay, though. (laughs) No, yeah, last, a couple times, um, we've had people join and, like, everybody else could see them, but I couldn't for some reason, which is really annoying. But this time, it worked out well. It worked out pretty well. I don't know what it is about Instagram Live, but so much anxiety. Yeah. It's, it's like, is this going to work or not, you know? Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I really... Also, like, live. It's, like, the most authentic part of Instagram is, it is. live. And, th- and this is why we're doing it, it's, you know? It's because, you know, I could ask you a question, and if you get it wrong, everybody knows. So don't be nervous, you know? Just let it ride. Okay. <laughs> um, but I, uh, I really do appreciate you being on the show. Um, I've had the pleasure of meeting and kind of running with a few of your teammates uh, here in Michigan. So they've all said really great things about you. I was trying to get some like dirt, but there apparently is no dirt. So we're just going to have to go with like a normal. We're going to have to just go with a normal type of episode. So I guess we'll just have to bear with us. All right. So um, I just wanted to kind of jump first. I know your story a bit, but I'd love for you to kind of, um, I know you do this in every episode and kind of tell your backstory a bit, but I think it plays a very important role in like, you know, who you are today, obviously. Um, so if you could kind of start off briefly, kind of bring us up, because I know that you were uh, fairly successful in high school. So uh, maybe we could just start there and then take it through to like 2014-ish. 
For sure, yeah. Um, I was like, I was decent in high school. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I'm a Colorado native, so all of my times were at altitude. Um, and I just was lucky enough to be on a really strong team that included my big sister. She was state champion. Um, she set the bar really high for me. And I just wanted to beat her all the time. And so that that sort of dynamic, um, like, helped our team become state champions as a whole. And, uh, yeah, I just kind of recruited myself to college. After that, I called up all the schools that I wanted to go to and um, kind of learned the business really early on. And mm-hmm. um, I, I picked the three-time national championship track and field team, Texas A&M. Um, and sorry, my cat's freaking out over there. That's fine. Um, <laughs> we can't, I don't even think I can hear it. So, yeah, I think I've, I've seen the episode before, and you're like, yeah, sorry, my cat is, like, doing this thing. So, yeah, I can't hear her, so it's okay. <laughs> yeah, she is, she is, like, the worst and best cat at the same time. Anyway, so it's not about her. Um, <laughs> but I went to... a a really good track program and um, they kind of instilled that championship mindset within me and um, signed pro right out of college and I've been doing it really ever since Uh, lost sponsorship due to a big injury so like had some lows in the career Um, but yeah here I am still doing it still going after that Olympic dream yeah, so, I mean, so you kind of, you skipped kind of, you kind of skipped over college a, little bit, a uh, bit there, but, but I mean, I think that, you know, that kind of speaks to, like, the personality where you're just trying to get the, you're just trying to be, like, here today and, and do what you got to do, um, but if you could, uh, you, in your junior year in college, you did something pretty, pretty spectacular um, at the Olympic trials, can you, can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, um. So in 2012, I had a huge breakout year. Um, I surprised myself with what I could do along with um, pretty much everyone. I kind of came out of nowhere. The year before, um, my scholarship had gotten reduced because I wasn't performing and I, um, you know, I was getting lapped off the track the Mm -hmm. year before and that's embarrassing. Um, And so within a year's time, I made some changes and um i went from getting lapped off the track to uh beating shalane flanagan at the line at the olympic trials and um winning nationals and um just kind of showing showing how tough i can really be and um ever since then i've had this olympic vendetta really that i just i i need to become an Olympian in this lifetime Mm -hmm. and um in 2012 I I got second but um didn't get to go because I didn't have the A standard and this year I do have the A standard going into the Olympic trials so now I just have to get top three which I'm pretty confident um as long as I I get uh, my schedule put together here um, in the next couple of days and get some race experience so that I'm prepared to go into the Olympic trials. Okay, well, um, so you said, you know, one year you were getting lapped off the track uh, and then the next year you weren't. And you said you made some changes. Is there, 
do you, uh, what changes did you make that year? And the reason why I ask is, I mean, obviously, the goal is, you know, a lot of us listening and, you know, me, myself included, are inspired by the things that you've done and, and the, the rise that you have. Um, but we want to see, like, what, what, did, what can we learn from you during that year's time that you said, uh, I'm going to change some things? What were those things and how did you go about it? And hopes, hopefully we all can take something from it and maybe go crush our next 5K or something like that. <laughs> Yeah, that'd be awesome. Um, well, what it was for me was um, just kind of really taking control of my life. Um, just being my biggest advocate and um, holding myself accountable. Uh, yeah. I, I'm extremely competitive, so um, when my scholarship got reduced and things like that, everything became a lot more serious for me where I um, had this strong need to prove myself and um, just kind of manifest. And so I really tapped into um, like meditation and um, things things in kind of a different realm where um, you're putting a lot more focus into the mental side of it. and I, I changed my whole life around. I went from being a normal, well, somewhat normal college kid who like would live a well-balanced collegiate life yeah. to someone who like worked out three times a day and um, said no to everything else, sacrificed everything. Um, so that's really what it, it takes for me to be a, like top three in the nation um, right now is just it's a huge sacrifice it's I was giving it everything so that so that kind of happened between like the sophomore junior year you you lost or not lost but reduced your scholarship and after you after your sophomore year um, is that what so and then so when you in in college you're deciding like hey there's all this stuff going on around me and you're like hey I know I need to turn turn inward um, and then focus. So you started meditating in uh, right around that time as well. Yeah, I mean, I've always been um, spiritual throughout my life, but like uh, really just kind of diving a little bit deeper into my my intentions with my existence and like mm-hmm. what I'm trying to do on a much bigger scale instead of settling. Um, I just knew that I could do big things yeah. and. I didn't let any voices in my head or anything um, like give me any doubt about that, and yeah. I I was ready to just like do everything it took to prove that, um, and it was really pretty miraculous that year, 2012, yeah. um, just making a huge leap and um, becoming second best in the country. So. Uh, it took me by surprise. It was it was a miracle for for me in my own life, and um, I've kind of always held myself to um, a higher standard and took what I used that year, um, those fundamental building blocks, to yeah. um, where I am today. And I mean, I'm super fascinated with the with the meditation side of it. And I mean, obviously, you you know, you said you're starting to work out and things like that. I mean, obvi- you know that has huge uh, benefits, but I'm super interested in, you know, where that 
because we can all, um, we so a lot of us can't work out like you were um, and do the things that you were able to do during that year. But, uh, you know, we all um, can find a quiet place, you know, and, and you know, kind of turn inward and, and see some of the benefits there. And did you see, uh, and track is extremely uh, competitive, did you feel like when you were deepest in the, in those meditative states and going to like a, a meet or something like that did you feel like you were stronger mentally in the moment uh, because of those you know because of the time that you spent to sit still absolutely yeah um that's the only confidence i had going up against the big pros as a little college girl um i didn't have the race experience they had they they had been performing on a world stage yeah. and um, like I said, I had like gotten lapped off the track the year before. So yeah, the only yeah. amount of confidence that I had was the amount of time that and preparation that I put into winning. Mm-hmm. It was all about like being number one, not second, not third. Mm-hmm. Every race I ran was about winning and that took some like just really strong focus, um, like the whole year leading up to um, that event. Yeah. Basically. And then, so you know, when you you told you told the line that day, and did you just feel like it that was the day, or was it just like, hey, here we are, um, no expectation. I mean, expectations obviously to win, but uh, I'm here to run this race and give it everything I got. Like, what was your what was that that moment on the line? Because you put a lot into that day. Um, and the reason why I ask is, like I said, we're, we're all listening to say, like, you know, I'm training for a race and at the end of April, um, and we all train and we're to get those butterflies, even though we did all these miles and stuff like that, we line up at this race and you're nervous as ever and you doubt a few things here and there, but I wonder what your, what your mindset was like that moment before the gun went off that day. At the trials? Yeah. Um, so... I knew I was going to win NCAAs. Mm -hmm. That was something I was very, very confident about. Um, When I went into the trials, I really had no idea what the heck I was doing. (laughs) I really, the Olympics, um, unfortunately, weren't on, like, weren't really discussed for me Mm -hmm. when really they should have been. Um, I should have been at Stanford that spring running a standard time, but instead I was at LSU running 800s. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Uh, So, yeah, when I went into the trials, I actually um, was scared, like, out of my mind. (laughs) And just, just like a tiny little kid, like, I felt like a kid compared to all those very strong women. And, um... I just happened to like be so tough in that race. I got tripped. I got trampled. Yeah, so. Uh, and I just like that little kid in me that's like more fearless than the adult that I am today mm-hmm. was like, well, I'm gonna show these women what I'm made of. So. Yeah. <laughs> and and you did though, <laughs> and I mean, cause it's not like you, 
and everything didn't go perfect either. It wasn't like you, because it wasn't what you what you pictured. You know, when you were you know when you were meditating and, and working out, you definitely didn't say like, okay, I'll get trampled, I'll fall, I'll get I'll trip, get trampled, and and jump back up, and I have to do all this, you know, and fight back. Um, so how when things don't go right because they never really do. You know, every now and then they just everything goes amazing, um, but. What do you do like in the moment in these races where something dramatic happens that is out of your control? How do you get past that? You have to expect the worst. Um, this is a lesson my dad taught me like a very long time ago. It just always lower your expectations, not for yourself, like in life, but for event, like future events that are going to happen. Mm -hmm. Like, um, if you if you just expect the worst to happen then you can be prepared and you can not be startled when it when it does right happen. right okay um so like that's what i do before my races now like i visualize what i want to happen what my plan is and then i visualize that going completely wrong mm -hmm. and um it always does <laughs> uh so that way you can um not be like, oh my god, my yeah. race is over. Yeah. But you can be like, yeah, I prepared for this stuff, and so I'm going to figure it out. And you really have to use kind of like your instincts as well. Right. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I kind of hear like that whole concept of, you know, I mean, you said it basically, so I'm like, I'm not a genius by repeating what you said, but it's like that, um, it, it's, you know, you prepared for you, because we all like really want everything to go really well. But when you don't like kind of walk through the things that could go wrong, then you're just completely surprised, thrown off. You give up because it's just so much that happens. Um, in every, in it's like people. It's like the wall in a marathon. People know that it's a possibility, you know, and we we hope that it doesn't happen, so we don't say like it's gonna happen, and we don't just realize that at some point in this race. We're going to hit this moment, and we need to be prepared for that. And I think that I was talking to a friend on a run the other day, and Elliot Kipchoge doesn't look like he hits a wall, you know? But he hits something in there where he has to decide, okay, we're just going to keep going through this. We've practiced this moment. We've played this out. We always feel crappy at some point in this race. Let's keep going forward. Um, and I think that we all could learn from that because I think that, if you say that a lot of stuff goes bad in races, then I'm sure that a bunch of us can agree that <laughs> a lot of stuff happens that, you know, goes left or right in, you know, in these races. Yeah, it's like, it becomes like survival of the fittest or just pure survival mode. Yeah. Because, like, adrenaline is running high and people are running for their lives, basically. <laughs> yeah. It gets intense. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I've never, I've, I just started running recently, so I, I can't say that I've ever run track. Um, but watching it, like watching you guys go around, the, you know, really like the the parts that look crazy to me is like when you guys are really bunched up, and that's when I watched that race when you uh, when you got tripped and fell. Um, that's like that'd be my, like my worst nightmare. Like I think tonight. I think I may have, I may like jump out of my sleep because, I mean, it looks terrifying to feel like, I mean, it's not like you guys have on like flat, nice, cushy shoes. There's no vapor flies, you know what I'm saying? Like you guys got, you know, uh, spikes and all that stuff. So like, it just seems terrible. And I know, you, do you have like a scar from that still, right? 
Oh yeah, I have several spike spike scars all over my leg. She's this lady. It happens every time, basically. This lady's a warrior, I tell you, jeez. Um, and so, like after, so you did. So after junior year, do you feel like your senior year you kind of kept coasting? Um, how what how did how did that go after junior year? Um, I didn't keep coasting. Okay, no coasting. <laughs> no, I um like plummeted basically. Um, I it was just such a like spike in my life. Like yeah. I went from this to like this. Yeah, I, yeah a very short amount of time and um like of course injuries popped up like I had a debilitating knee injury mm-hmm. um my knees are like they like to give me trouble sometimes um <laughs> so I actually had to step away from the sport my senior year okay um and I focused on other things in life I studied abroad and um i had a lot of agents calling me um but i wasn't sure what i was going to do um like run professionally if if that was like in my calling and um like over time i really realized that i had unfinished business and that i'm so passionate about this obviously Mm um so yeah i took my senior year off and then uh, signed with my agent Ray and um, started working with New Balance pretty much right out of college. Yeah, and so so you worked with, you were with uh, so you turned pro 2014 um, and then did the did the knee injury kind of come back eventually or how did the, how did it play out over the next few years? Uh, I like most c- college athletes like we always have to deal with um, a really tough transition out of college and a lot of us face like a rough couple of years uh, where we're dealing with injury. Um, A lot of us are late bloomers as women and so we just get injury after injury and that's what kind of was what was happening to me Mm -hmm. Um, and I also had to like uproot my life and move to like Hanover, New Hampshire. It was just so much um, changes, and uh, I, you know, like, I really struggled my first couple of years, so I wasn't performing. Um, I had to make the move back to Colorado. Um, I had a coaching change, and really I just had to, like, say, hey, this is what I need, and this is what I have to do if if I'm going to perform, and when I finally was able to do that for myself, um, things started uh, really coming together. I um, I think I was third in the road circuit that year. Mm-hmm. I won my first national title in 2017. Um, so things kind of came together when yeah. I really became a better advocate for myself and just uh, did what I needed to do. Yeah, and and then so and then but in, so you had a good year 2017 after you kind of got you know settled in, um, but then did you did the knee thing come back to the point where you, you had to kind of walk away? Yeah, um, so the knee would like pop up every once in a while, mm-hmm. and um, in 2018 it was really bad. Uh, like something pretty serious happened to my knee 
where like I wasn't getting better for a while. Um, I had to basically take a good half of 2018 off, um, which was just so hard on me. I made the world championship team um, in the half marathon and I had to like give up my spot. Uh, And so I got super depressed that year, just to be honest. And um, then like I started to be able to run again a little bit, but did uh, a PRP procedure that was um, not your traditional PRP procedure. Mm -hmm. And that put me out for another six months, um, which was unfortunate because I was running again. And then that just kind of made everything worse for me. Um, So last sponsorship, got a corporate job and then did the corporate job thing for four months. Mm -hmm. Like I felt like such a big girl. I was like doing my job. I only made it four months and then uh, Ray uh, got me in touch with Hanson's Brooks and here I am today. So. so, but you know, like I don't want to like don't get, don't get me wrong. Like I don't want to harp like on like the bad stuff or whatever. Um, but I just feel like it's so um, it, it it just plays a, such a role in like the way that this last couple of years seems like it's gone for you. Um, and you know, obviously, it, you know, 2018, like you said, was just a really tough year because, I mean. If you're, you know, everything seemed like it was going really well, you know, starting to starting to make sense. And it's like this weird, it's not a weird, it's actually like every, it, the moments when you turn inward and decide to say like, hey, I'm going to take care of Natasha and do the things that I need to do. It seems like everything starts, you know, everything works out. Um, and that started kind of happening for you like in 2017. But then the, the knee thing came back and then you had to, you decided to step away because it just wasn't working at the time. And the corporate job, I'm sure, was a, a lot of fun. Hate. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I have so much respect for people. It, that was like one of the hardest things I've ever done. I mean, because I mean, your whole life pretty much was is is surrounded by you know is running involved. So for you to say like you know throw on some heels and then walk around and you know sit at a desk or something like that. I that, did not. I wore sweatpants. Okay, everything. you're like hey, <laughs> yeah. Like the one thing I'm not I'm not doing is dressing like you guys. I'm coming like how I come, and I'm gonna do my job and get out of here. Um, but so like after. Um, so one of the things that like I that I picked up on your story was this moment that you went to Thailand, right? What year did you do that? So that was the year. Well, that was at the end of 2018. Okay. I left December for about a month because um, I knew I was losing sponsorship. I knew I had to get a big girl job, um, and so I was like, you know what? I am going to go travel and do something for myself mm-hmm. before I become a slave to corporate America. Yeah. And um, I, I'm so proud of myself for doing that. It was such a good ex- healing experience. Yeah. Uh, traveling and getting perspective on the world is like the best way to make your problems feel so much smaller. Right, right. And... Um, my knee, my knees healed quite a bit while I was there. Just like I don't know what it was, it had like some healing energy and um, just perspective in general. Uh, your mind can heal the body too. So, yeah. like 
just getting out of that like negative bubble that I was in and um, submerging myself into something else. Yeah, I mean, I feel like the just the the level of stress, you know, that number. I mean, just running professionally is a stressful thing, I would imagine. Um, But then if you're you know, dealing with dealing with something that you that's seemingly out of your control, and for a couple of years just kept coming back. It just, I, I mean, I'm, it just just has to. The stress has to build up. The tension builds up. So I'm assuming that you know that would have something to do with you know the way you run, the way you move, all that stuff. So for you to say you know get away and go enjoy life and kind of stop thinking about you know the laps and the and your splits and things like that for a bit. It, even though that's your life, it, yeah, taking yourself out of that, I'm sure, had a really great effect, obviously, on you. Um, yeah, running becomes so small, like, when you're not, when it's not your job anymore, and it's like, you realize that you're gonna, like, it has a really early retirement, and, um, you know, people pay you because you're performing, but once you're not performing anymore, yeah. It hits you so hard, and you realize how small running is, and that you're not some big shot in the world. Like yeah, you're, yeah. like people, of course, will jump on the bandwagon on Olympic year, but will they hire you when you lost sponsorship? Right, right. That's a different <laughs> story. Yeah. yeah, and just I mean, it sounds like the the trip. Um, I mean, on on top of it, seeming like it was more of a spiritual journey. You know, um, it also allowed you to put some perspective or change your perspective on how you feel about running, you know, and what running really means to your whole, you know, existence. Um, I had uh, Sarah Hall, that you, who you know fairly well. Um, yeah, and uh, speaking of knee problems, I heard that she that she prayed for you, she prayed for your knee at one point and it, <laughs> and it worked, so. Yes, oh my gosh, where did you hear that, her? No, no, no. I, yeah, well, I um, I, I heard it in one of your interviews that you had where you talked about um, you were not going to run, like, the next morning because your knee was just, like, not going to work out, and you happened to be staying with her, um, and, like, you kind of bunked with her or whatever, and yeah. you, I guess you should tell the rest of the story. Well, yeah, so she's just an amazing athlete. She's an amazing person, role model, etc. Um but, yeah, I got roomed with her, and um, I always get, like, the best roommates with race directors. They'll, like, room me with, like, the stud, and I, like, just get to be roommates with the stud. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I was, like, very low confidence going into that race. I had strained my hamstring. Mm. Uh, this was going, to, going into the 10-mile championships. Oh, okay. Um, and... I went anyways because I love like going after the prize money and I love competing and I was like just hoping that my strained hamstring would would be okay mm-hmm. um, but the run the day before the race did not go well yeah. uh, I was in a lot of pain so I called my coach and I called my agent and I said I don't think this is a good idea I'm not going to do it yeah. and I called the race director told him I wasn't going to do it um, and that morning, like after sleeping, like the, the night before the race, um, this sounds so ridiculous, but my hamstring felt miraculously better. Mm-hmm. And 
I called the race director and I was like, I'm going to come now. And, um, she had told me that she prayed for, for my hamstring or not my hand, just for me in general. I don't know her exact prayer, but, um, she, she beat me like right at the line. She was first that day. I was second. Alephine Tulemac was third and it was just such a phenomenal race. And, um, having just someone someone's energy like mm-hmm, she yeah. gave some of her energy to like get me through that time and that was really cool yeah i mean i thought that that was a really cool story um and it doesn't sound like ridiculous at all like i mean it is what it is it happened so you know yeah. in a way, and and the reason why i thought you know thought well, number one that part but then also um the perspective uh switch even when I was talking to her, she was mentioning that, and it seems like a few different people, when they've something in life changes, or they take a minute to like step back, or uh, like in her case, you know, she uh, adopted the girls in 2015, and although it requires her you know time to be taken away from running a bit more than maybe she had planned or would like, it still adds like this different layer of perspective to you make running a little, you know, just different. She looks at running a, a tad bit different than she might have, you know, without that. And so you, it seems like your your trip to, it's like an eat, pray, love situation when you went to, um, to Thailand, it's like um, you just got to get away from it and had a moment to just kind of reset, and it seems like it did the trick. So um, after, so you went to, you went to join the corporate world and you crushed it for four whole months, you know, and we're, su- we're super proud of you for that. <laughs> um, and, and it worked out and aligned pretty well to the point where now you run, we run, like you said, with the Hanson, Hanson Brooks ODP, right? Yeah. Um, so I've been with them for, uh, almost two years now mm-hmm. with yeah. crazy and it's been working out really well um they respect my individual needs um and i've also contributed a lot to the team i i do four training stints out of the year with them mm-hmm. so um i know those people very well now and it's just cool to have like a support system mm-hmm. um i feel like i i have that for the first time um as a pro like something just super solid good communication yeah. part of that is my end where i've learned how learn these skills learn yeah. how to work with people yeah um and so that is just really important like it's business at the end of the day yeah. and um like navigating that can be hard but uh it's been it's been a cool journey with them so far so like when was it um, was it like surprising to you um, for them to for them to want you to join and come like kind of come back to the sport? I mean, because you know when if, if a runner's having issues like you know injury issues, um, I would feel like it would be like somewhat of a risk, I guess, or some people could see it as being a risk. Um, and obviously, the, the it worked out. Um, but did you when you came to them? Did you feel like it was uh, like a not a second chance, but just kind of unexpected? Um, yeah. Well, yeah, I was pretty sure that it would be really hard to get sponsorship again. Mm-hmm. Um, like after, 
the ups and downs yeah, I've right. had in my career. Um, and thankfully, like, Kevin and Keith Hansen gave me, like, a third chance. Like, I've, I've had, I'm like a cat. I've had, like, nine lives in this industry. Well, let's just say, let's just say three, so we got, we got some more, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, but they, they believe in me, yeah. and, um, they were willing to take a risk on me, because, you know, like, I am injury prone. I am, um, like, I'm not always consistent. I, that's just never been, like, something that defines me. I'm not consistent. Yeah. <laughs> but I am a winner, and I am, like, I have that winning mentality, and um, they definitely believe that, and that's really all that matters is that we're seeing eye to eye on, on those really important things. And is is there um, is, is there is the Hansons like training method or um, yeah is there is their methodology much different than what you are, had been accustomed to for all these years? Yeah, it's it's very different for me, um, and it is like a risk. It's way higher mileage. Mm -hmm. um, it's running a half marathon, and like I did that like a week ago. And, um, yeah, so it's been an adjustment for sure. It's not just been like, oh, like I joined the team and like now I'm like doing great. Like I've definitely had some rough patches. I've had some transitional phases, but ultimately I think that I'm in the best spot that I can be in going into the Olympic trials in 2021. Um, my coach bends for me, like he listens to my needs and um, like we kind of have like a meeting spot in the middle. Um, so that's really important with the coach athlete relationship. Um, and I try to do that with my athletes that I coach, just like meet, meet them in the middle a little bit. And, um, like I've had to change my philosophy based on Kevin's philosophy. Uh -huh. Um, but utilizing that trust and, uh, you know, I, I can't do this alone, so, like, I have to trust him. Mm -hmm. And so it's it's cool to see how that, like, ends up working out. Uh, yeah, and like I said, I mean, I've met I've met all of them um, pretty much, and they all seem like really good people. And one of the things that I've kind of noticed with the team and kind of watching them uh, is that it seems like a very family it's, it's a huge family feel like you know like they all like hang they hang out they laugh um which i'm sure a lot of teams do but it just seems like a really like understanding situation um and it sounds like that's kind of what um what you're what you're kind of feeling as well like it's a very inviting and very family friendly type of situation oh yeah it's very very together I feel like we're like in the Brady Bunch together like, <laughs> yeah exactly exactly <laughs> like get chaperoned around and uh, we have we live together like in Florida and yeah I saw that too in with a bunch of girls um, it, it's we get to know each other very well <laughs> so did you um, um, do you cut wait do you cut hair by chance do you do haircuts I do not. Okay, because no. like I was talking, I was talking to Hassan, and I was like, he said something about some cuts or something like that. Oh, he, he does haircuts. Oh, okay, okay. He cuts like all the girls. Yeah, yeah. Cuts. Okay, okay. 
Not mine though. Oh yeah. So so he did. Okay. He you wouldn't you wouldn't let him do yours. Um, no, I like I'm like Samson. Like yeah, all my can't. power is my hair, and that like if anybody cuts it, I start crying. Well, we can't we can't let that happen then. Um, <laughs> did you? So I watched some of the some of your. I think you might have posted it, or it might have been like on Hanson's page. But some of the workouts that you guys were doing in Florida, and when I say like you. You were looking like super strong, um, and this is obviously before the before the Atlanta half. Do you feel like you're in like would you would you say like what, in your, the shape that you're in right now um, over the course of your running career um, since like high school? Where do you feel like you are like uh, from one to ten? From like ten being the best shape of your life, um, one is just sucks. But where do you think you are right now? <laughs> That would be if you said if you said one, I'd be so impressed because you're doing some really great things off of off of one. So yeah, I'm just at a one right now. Just you wait. Yeah. Oh yeah. I get, yeah. If you're at a one, then I don't even then I don't even know what's next for you. <laughs> no, I would say that I'm. Let's see. I was at an eight. Mm-hmm. And then um, I've been a little bit shooken up, to be honest, from the half marathon that oh, I ran. Okay. I'm really trying to bounce back from that. Um, that was a tough, tough race. Yeah. Tough distance, and I don't train for that distance, so uh, it's just a bit much for me. And so now I'm like, I'm just going to be honest, I feel like I've gotten bumped down to like a six. Um, but that can be reversed, obviously. Oh, yeah. I mean, not too much time, um, but I, like, I meditated this morning. I was like, things have to be different going forward. Like, I need to have, like, the strongest focus ever going into these next couple of months because it's only going to get harder. Like, the challenges are really going to surface, I think, and Mm -hmm. the anxiety and the pressure. And, um, like, I've waited a good majority of my life for this year mm-hmm. and for the Olympic trials this year. So like, it's only, um, it's only like reality to assume that like, it's going to get really hard in the next couple of months for me, yeah. but I think I can navigate it hopefully. And I think like, I'm really confident that I'm going to make the team this year. So with, um, you know, you, well, it's expected that you would have um, a dip in the way you feel after, you know, after a half marathon. I mean, I, I, I doubt you. Did you take time off at all after the half? I had to. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I felt pretty banged up, honestly. Yeah. And, yeah. I mean, because uh, uh, I've done, because my coach is your teammate, um, and she's on the marathon side. Uh, but, you know, like I've done a half, I did a, I did the, the Publix Atlanta half last year, the the day after the trials. Um, and it, it wasn't on the, the racetrack thing. It was like in the city of Atlanta. So it was super hilly. And I did that like in the middle, like I think maybe with four or five weeks left of the training block. And I was going to run the marathon in at the end of April. Um, and I just feel like the way that they do it, it, it makes you kind of 
guess or second guess a lot of things and you're like I don't feel like I'm feel like I'm supposed to feel and then all of a sudden like there's this moment where you're like oh wow this is this is crazy like I can't like I'm tired but it doesn't matter and I'm still going somehow you know and I think that their whole that philosophy seems to work out for quite a few people so hopefully this is just one of those things for you as well um and the did you leave after I know that race was tough and you don't train for that distance at all and it's not your race um did you even though you feel banged up after did you walk out of that with like a different sense of like okay like uh, a different sense of, sense of pride or accomplishment in that because you finished second place behind an animal <laughs> um so, so like it, it seemed like it went really well like can you talk to me about how you felt during the race and after and you know what you felt like you accomplished there yeah um i do feel really like proud of that race mm -hmm. um we came off like a huge training stand in florida we literally traveled from orlando to atlanta yeah. the next day ran a half marathon coming off like 90 mile weeks and um i'm an introvert so like being submerged in an extroverted like environment yeah, for yeah. two weeks leading up to that i was just i was tanked before the race even started okay. um, and then me being my overly confident self i was like i'm gonna take down the marathon again <laughs> yeah yeah always i know and i was very wrong about that <laughs> um which you know that happens to me a lot i get humbled and it's kind of awesome when that happens. Like, I love getting humbled. Um, it makes me hungry for more. Mm -hmm. And I was left, like, I hated all of those. She dropped me at around four and a half miles. We were running, like, 510 pace. Mm -hmm. Oh, just, just 510. I was like, see ya. Like, I'm going to drop out now. Yeah. And then for the rest of the eight miles, I ran a miserable race by myself and just negative thoughts you know you know how it goes yeah um but thankfully like like the the angel on my shoulder made me finish the race and um i still was four seconds off my pr when i won a national championship in the half yeah so that was pretty impressive especially considering like the humidity and running alone yeah um, and and then Hungry. I want to race that distance again, and I want to take some big names down. I mean, you should. I mean, like just like you said, you just you're four four seconds off your PR, and ninety mile you know nine, ninety mile weeks in, you probably barely tapered to to you know to that day. Yeah. Um, and I mean, it just shows that. I mean, if imagine if that was like the goal race, you know, and you did taper and you did all that stuff. This is just a this is just a part of the process for your next thing, you know, in a couple months. So I can't imagine like what, what that would look like if you, if this was your aim. So that's really awesome that you had such a great race. And when you said an angel on your shoulder, I'm assuming you met the, the person that was riding the bike <laughs> filming the whole time. Well, <laughs> yes. Thank you for mentioning that. Yeah. Uh, I have a video on my Instagram. It was my last post. So, I didn't even know, like, I knew the biker was there, this guy, he was with me the entire race, which was so cool, because, like, it was just, like, an hour of time with a complete stranger, but someone who was helping me along, and I didn't realize he was filming me, like, mm -hmm. making a video, um, 
and then like after the race i i thought i would have no content to post from yeah. that race because yeah. there was yeah there um but he like put this video together for me and i it was like my favorite video ever of myself it was awesome um, even though like he made it look like it was like easy and smooth but the whole race like I, just watching that video, I feel like it's a different person because I felt like I was going like eight minute pace and just dying. You're cra you're crazy. I mean, but that's how it is though. Like you're as a runner. You, you, I mean, I'm definitely not anywhere where, you know near where you're talking about. Obviously, you know pace wise. But it's just like you you think that we're dying inside, and then we pass somebody, and then they go, "Oh, you're looking great." And I'm like, if you knew. The, you know what I was thinking right now then you know it, it just is what it is because I watched the video and this is God's honest truth I watched the video before I before this interview I had to do a workout that sucked um, and I happened and I watched your, your video it's like you know it's a one and a half what two minutes or something like that it's really well put together and it just made me you know I, I thought about it a couple times like while I was out there like just keep moving because you do you're, you're your gait and all that and your stride is very um it looks easy like it doesn't look like you're going as fast as you're going um and i kept thinking that like because i mean obviously you have to be re really relaxed for that to happen um so i just kept thinking like okay just relax just you know no no need to push here just do what you know you're supposed to be doing so um i appreciate that video because it helped me today <laughs> what are you training for um i'm training for a glass city um, Glass City uh, Marathon on April 25th. The goal is to qualify for Boston, so so that's and, and I'm old, so my you know my I'm uh, I think my my qualifying time is like 3:05, but obviously Boston didn't happen last year, so I'm assuming that it'll be like a 10 minute window or buffer or whatever. So um, after I will say after running the half marathon, I was like. How in the world do people run full marathons? Oh. Like, what? That I, I can't even fathom that after running a half. No, we just you know basically for you, it sounds like all we have to do is just put some big names in the race, <laughs> and then you'll somehow like show up, and then you'll finish like second or third or whatever, and then you'll say like, oh, I can do that again, because that's it seems like that's the way you go. Is if someone's in there that you want to beat, you'll be okay. Um, yeah. So I wanted to, if if, any, if whoever's watching this right now, please throw some questions in. Um, Aisha Runs has a couple of cool questions because you said that you were like had some negative thoughts there. Uh, she says, "How did you battle the negative thoughts?" And then during the race, what mantras um, did you repeat and that helped you? Um. So. Thank you, Natasha. Uh, thank you, um, Aisha Runs. Sorry. Yes, hello, Aisha. <laughs> um. <laughs> So, I had a lot of negative thoughts, um, but I think the way that I choose to battle those is by kind of like letting them roll over. Uh -oh. uh letting them kind of roll over me, not, not exactly resisting how I'm feeling, um, but kind of accepting oh. and surrendering to it. But also like, kind of rebuttaling it with positive affirmations positive affirmations are so important in running um like talking to yourself nicely like don't don't be mean to yourself it's not gonna work it doesn't happen um, 
Like, you could be like, uh, and I do say that. Like, I remember being like, you idiot. Like, why would you go out five times? Like, you should just drop out. Like, it'd be easier this way. And then, like, instantly I have, like, rebuttal thoughts. Like, no, like, I'm going to prove how hard I've been working. Mm. Like, I'm not in Molly Seidel's half marathon fitness shape, but I am where I'm at right now. Mm. I'm not going to get past. Um, I was thinking about some bonus money incentives, like All right. really anything, anything that you can tell yourself that is positive, yeah. uh, which it's hard to do that, but it's also not that hard at the same time. You like, we can all come up with positive things to tell ourselves. Mm -hmm. And that's really the only way to get through like dark moments. Um, if you feel that with more negative thought, like it's just going to, continue to get worse so mm -hmm. um yeah like i mentioned the devil and angel on my shoulder and um it's like an internal battle the whole way but um pos positivity ultimately wins um uh, aisha's on a roll here she's like I, li I like to say shut up legs <laughs> um i always i've actually the funny part is like i've you know that movie ali um where will smith played Muhammad Ali uh it yeah. was like a it was one of the points when he was like having a bad fight and then he kept telling his legs to move but you know he wasn't moving fast enough um and that's how I feel sometimes and you're like you're looking like what the heck is going on with these legs they're not going what I you know they're not doing what I need them to do we've been waiting for this day get these legs moving um but so when you're when you're out there though you know you know on top of positive you know affirmations and kind of uh, rebutting the some of those negative thoughts with maybe something good even if it's small um what do you do you ever like find yourself in like the a meditative thought you know because you're you're d definitely deep into meditation and i know it's hard though i mean it's it's easier like on long you know like long easy runs or something like that to kind of get in like a flow a meditative flow but in a race like that or like on the track are you able to kind of get in that quiet space somehow for sure yeah. that's that's what it's all about for me, and that's why it's so addicting for me as well. Mm -hmm. um, like, at the end of the day, like, even if I got last place in that race, I'm competing amongst some of the best people in the country, and I have an opportunity to be amongst them, and we fuel each other. Like, we set the bar high for each other, and... To be submerged in that environment um, on a regular basis is something that I really cherish. And so even if I'm, like, not doing well, like, I remind myself of that and that I am putting myself out there and, like, doing the best that I can. Um, and, like, dealing with pain, running is painful, right? Mm -hmm. So, like... It is meditative to remove yourself from the pain right. body. Um, yeah. That's what meditation is. You're you're removing yourself from the ego, the pain body, and you're getting into a almost like a, a silence, like a a stillness of being present. And um, that's what racing is for me. Like you are completely in the present moment, and um, you're making the most of that present moment. Um, and an hour and 10 minutes go by and then you finish the race. But like a lot happens um, mentally in that time as yeah. well as physically. Um, 
but the body starts breaking down and like some mental strength has to start taking over yeah my body definitely broke down about like eight miles in like i was just barely hanging on there i mean and that's the i mean that's the beauty uh well you barely hung on very well but i mean that's the beauty of like this of training um in high mileage or whatever you just you have those moments where um you know, in training, you, you get beat up a lot. You know, like you, if you train right and you push yourself to that close kind of edge, then you, you know, when you're out there, you just are, you're familiar with that feeling of just of this isn't this isn't fun. Um, so like that's why when people you know people question people on like how many miles are you doing to get ready for this marathon or whatever you're doing. It's like no one wants you to go run too many miles so you just overtrain, but we all know that there, you have to run a certain amount. Yeah, that that amount is that number is different for everybody, but you have to run a certain distance per week over time so you're 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 used to like the body's going to break down and you need to know what it feels like a bit. You know, you don't want to kill yourself, but you know, you need to be ready for that. Well, that's what the problem was for me in that race was I didn't quite have that. Um, I don't have half marathon race experience. I ran one. <laughs> and I didn't have the muscle memory to yeah. sustain me um, for those long miles. And so uh, I think if I work on that more after the Olympics, then... I could, you know, possibly go to the next round of Olympics in the marathon. Right, right. No, I mean, yeah, I think I think you could too. But um, <laughs> so, uh, so hyped over the marathon, like way more than the 10k. So like, it's funny because people get hyped about sprinting mm -hmm. and the marathon. Yeah, like, they, you got. You, yeah, you guys in the middle. It's like I don't know what to do with you guys. Yeah. <laughs> um, like, oh, boring race they're gonna go round and round over and over again do well, i mean but then but then we'll sit and watch like i'll watch like a you know a two two fifth two hour and 15 minute like marathon like live on tv and like something is gonna happen at any moment you know yeah. um but a uh, peach uh peach runner 26.2 says what was your fuel during that half marathon my fuel mm -hmm. um like food wise yeah yeah like your <laughs> Oh, this was this was another problem. You didn't fuel. Well, we had to travel the day before. Uh huh. Got to our hotel that evening. There was nowhere really to. Oh, I had we like I had a dinner that made my stomach feel upset the night before, and then we had to get up at like four a.m. Mm -hmm. Um, and there was like no breakfast served or anything. It was, I had to eat like snacks from the convenience store. We're gonna have um, to. We're gonna have to work on that. Okay. Yeah. Well, like people need to like serve breakfast at four a.m. Yeah. Well, true. Yeah. 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 We had to be in the bus at like four thirty. Yeah. Um, so I had some U can. U can is where it's at. Um, like a complex carb that you can drink mm -hmm. and. Um, I mean, it doesn't taste that great, but it really works. And, um, yeah, that and a bunch of, like, Lara bars is what I was working with. So, like, I could definitely do better, um, mm -hmm. but I need people to, like, serve breakfast before my race. Like, did, did you, 
And did you have anything like, were you doing like gels or whatever during the race or was it just kind of? No, no, I've never tried that before. So, uh, yeah, I, I really, I don't know how to fuel for those distances at all. Yes. Yeah, like you said, it's not just, that's not your race right now, but I think that that would be a huge, like, if you, I mean, if, if you, if with Hanson's you said, like, hey, we're doing a half marathon, or after, you know, you do what you have to do this year, you're like, hey, I want to do, we want to do a half marathon, guaranteed, like, it'll be, like, they'll start practicing, you know, this is how you do it, and here's the stuff that, you know, and next thing you know, you'll be fueling at mile three and four or whatever, and that, falling apart at eight miles may not even have been a thing so you yeah. know and you did all that and you still got four seconds you know four seconds shy of your of your pr so imagine if you fueled and everything properly and like ate breakfast that would have been you know we're not even gonna I talk wish. about what you could have done i'm gonna do it again i'm like let's just go next weekend how about we just we'll set something up next weekend you can do it Maybe not. Actually. Yeah, no, yeah. Like, let, let's give it some time. Um, and then Samantha USA says, uh, having the confidence is key. Uh, how do you help yourself uh, get to that point for race and events, like the confidence build? It's all in the preparation. Um, so you can you can fake your confidence, but you'll still have like that intuition that it's probably not going to happen going into a race if mm -hmm. you're kind of faking the confidence, but like the preparation is where the confidence is built yeah. and um when you know it you know it so like if you're literally putting in all the work and more mm -hmm. uh, like you that's how you go into a race confidently and for me what it is is like i'm competitive so i like knowing that i've worked harder than all of my competition which yeah. is a lot because like and I still have to work on that, like, like Molly Huddle and Emily Sisson, like, how in the world am I going to work harder than these girls? Yeah, but yeah. I have to find some way to do that and be confident about it, even though I, I really don't know what their day-to-day -day looks like. But I know what mine looks like, and I can go to bed at night knowing that I'm doing everything I can. Right within, yeah, within your, because like you said, you don't know what they're doing, but you know for sure that you're done. You're doing everything possible that you can to a to a to a certain point when you're keeping yourself healthy as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, I feel like <clears throat> I, I feel like I'm like kind of weird in that sense where, um, not that you asked, but like whenever I feel like like overly confident in something, um, those are like the workouts that don't normally go. Um, extremely well, but when when there's those ones where the, I'm confident in my training, um, not so confident in what I'm about to do, but I have to like just rely on the on what I've done um, and the work that I've put in, because it's like it's like mis if it's like misguided energy, you're like oh I got this, you know, um, and you don't fall back on the things that you've actually put in that fake confidence that you said that false confidence in that moment goes away really quick like it's like if you don't have if you're not leaning on the things that you've already put in the work you've put in and you're just kind of like hoping that you're just going to piece this thing together um anything over a mile is just like you're done <laughs> <laughs> yeah long distance will do that to you it'll just like humble you so so much and um it's like embarrassing it's painful 
it's all of these things, but then you find yourself, like, coming back to it and trying to redeem yourself in whatever way you can. Um, and uh, Julie, Ju- may I think of Juliet Barker, um, even though you didn't have breakfast that one day, what's your favorite breakfast food? <laughs> My favorite breakfast food? Um, well... I eat two breakfasts. I eat one before my run and one after my run. So I'll usually eat like, I right now my favorite is honey bunches of oats. <laughs> and I'll put like blueberries, ra- raspberries, and like almond butter. That's my, oh my before my run. And then after my favorite thing is like a over easy egg, like uh, hashed potatoes, bacon over arugula. And I make that like almost every day. Very, I'm upset. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Very specific. Very specific. Um, and then one question that we had too, and I th- I'm sure that uh, your sponsor will love this. Um, which Brooks shoes do you use for easy runs, hard runs, and race day? Good question. Um, so my favorite easy day shoes are the Ghosts. The Ghosts are just the best shoe like ever. Um, they look good. They feel good. like they feel just like they flow and they're cushiony and um, so I wear those almost every day. Mm-hmm. Um, and then for hard days, I wear the Hyperion Tempo is my go-to. Mm-hmm. I will whip out the Hyperion Elites um, for like really long tempos or progression runs where I'm where I know I'm having a lot of impact. Yeah. Um, but I just feel more comfortable in the tempos, actually, because I prefer, like, a lighter shoe. Yeah. And so, yeah, those are my go-tos. Okay, okay. Which one, because you got, you in that one of those videos, you could, you're, when you're training in Florida, I think you're doing, like, repeats or whatever. Uh, I think mile repeats, I think it was. Um, it, there were, like, some, there were, I think, gray on the top and, like, pink on the bottom. Which ones were those? Yeah, so those were the Hyperion Tempos. Okay. Yeah, so um, really, really soft cushion, um, but, like, a lot of bounce to it. Like, it, it just feels so, like, effortless. Um, and the the Elites are good, but they're just pretty bulky as, as yeah. the shoes um, nowadays. But, th- like, those are much better for getting more pushback to the, from the ground. Yeah. Um, and I mean, as we kind of try to bring this race to an end, um, what, so the, you know, the clothing line, the chip time running is a, is a clothing line and it's, you know, run, eat, sleep, repeat is the, is the, is the kind of the tagline or the, or the logo. Um, what's one thing that if you could suggest that we all repeat, whether it's life running or whatever, uh, what's one thing that you'd suggest that we all repeat to have a better running life, normal life, whatever? I would say repeat like the whether it's journaling or the meditation or like when you get up and before you go to sleep repeat what you're trying to manifest what you're trying to make happen Mm -hmm. um this has been so powerful in my life um and it's really hard to do with our screens with our phones uh constant screen exposure we gravitate towards that because it it helps us like turn off our mind a little bit, but at the same time, it's like infecting our brains with like information. Yeah. So, like, 
moving away from that and um, I mean not entirely but a little bit more and then putting more emphasis into you know when you get up and when you go to bed this these positive affirmations this journaling this manifesting in whatever way that that works for you awesome awesome so so just to, your best to be more mindful um, with your day uh, and with your with your life and with your goals and things like that um, yeah because it's just the phones are crazy and it's so easy to just you know they make it so easy you don't even have to touch the thing it'll open as long as you got your face in front of it you're good to go yeah um, and then it's to you like that's what's scary is it's like listening to you it's watching you like they're they're telling us this information and yet we're still just like buying into it um, I mean it's all about we'll be living it's all about like like the ease the ease of use and uh it, it makes people's lives easier so i mean that's where that's where we go is you know it's anything that can help me not have to do like you know what my ancestors had to do you know um you know why would i you know why would i do something when i could just tell my phone and it'll do it for me or if i can you know why look at a dictionary when i could just say hey whatever uh, what's the meaning of this? You know, so it's it's much easier, um, you know, with Amazon and things like that these days. You know, like if they're taking over the world, and I I will not like I'm scared to watch the social. What is it called? The social um, dilemma. Social dilemma. Like I'm I think I'm I think I'm a little nervous. Like I don't want to watch it. You should watch it. It's I wouldn't even I wouldn't even be on this interview if I watched that. I probably wouldn't even have the show. <laughs> it made me want to delete everything. Um, but like, it's good to know, it's really good to know how much this stuff is actually affecting us. Cause we're not even really fully aware of how Instagram ultimately hurts our own self-esteem and like just things like that is just mm. seeing other people living this like fake life that they're portraying on Instagram, yeah. like, perfect version of themselves, but also just like. Um, sorry about that comparing yourself and um we're constantly subjected to that uh with our phones so it's it can be kind of difficult yeah so yeah i mean it's it's all like we all put posts what we want people to see um so it's like you know i'm i'm guilty of it too but i, I try my best to make it uh as balanced as possible and you know if i have a bad day. I mean, nobody wants to hear if I have a bad day, but, you know, you just try to share as much real information as possible. Um, but I definitely suggest that if, you know, if you're whoever's listening to this, because this will be in podcast form as well, but if you're listening or watching this, that everyone should go YouTube you um, and just search Natasha Rogers on YouTube and f subscribe to her channel there. I mean, because you... you you're very open on that side of things, and you um, show your show some of the workouts, show what you're eating, show when you have a bad day or bad moment, things like that. And I think that those things are, you know, why people like to see you succeed because they see the whole picture, and it's not just like this all-star, you know, crazy fast runner lady. Um, they, you know, we connect because you're sharing more than you know, the, the normal, uh, what people just want to show you, you know, so I appreciate that openness and transparency and I think everybody else does too. So please keep it up. Thank you for that shout out. I really appreciate that. Yeah. I, 
definitely want to show like a genuine side and uh, to myself and I feel like YouTube is a really good platform for that absolutely I can't help but to just be like your genuine self on there because um, it's like vlogging and like you can't really put a filter on vlogging you know so. yeah right exactly but I really do um, appreciate it. I think I've held you long enough. Um, thanks so much for being on the show. Uh, make sure if you are listening to this, uh, make sure you jump over to Instagram and follow Natasha and follow her journey as she's making her way to being on the Olympic team. Um, and if you're watching this, please make sure as soon as this is over, make sure you go follow her. Follow at Chip Time Running as well for all of the next episodes. This will be available to listen to in a couple of days so look out for that as well it'll be on apple spotify all that good stuff so thank you so much natasha i wish you the best we will be watching you so please continue to share and um get back to your your eight or nine out of ten because uh, we need you to be there um and if you're watching this please run eat sleep repeat thank you Thank you so much for having me. It's an honor to come on. You have a lot of really great guests, so it's really cool. Well, you know, you, I'm, I'm just really glad I was able to have you on. And I, um, it was a really great talk, and I feel really great about it. So thanks so much. I can't wait for it to be on the podcast platform as well. Yes. Thank you. Have a good one. Bye. Hope you enjoyed that. Once again, this is Tommy Runs, and that was Natasha Rogers such a beautiful soul great person um i really enjoyed this one and like i say that every time but this was seemed like a little bit different to me as well so hopefully you enjoyed this if you do please leave comments all that stuff share it blah 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 uh, if you want me to have conversations like this a bit more often and go a little deeper into different things other than just like running um let me know because your feedback is I mean, and i'm doing this for me but i'm doing this for you too so Please interact with that. Um, like, subscribe, send a pe send other people. Hit me up on Instagram at Chip Time Running at Chip Time Running. Hit me up there. Uh, let me know what you think. Love you guys. Make sure you run, eat, sleep, and repeat.